Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess, season three, where I focus on business owners, entrepreneurs, and managers, and including their employees. If none of these apply to you, please stay tuned, because if you're looking for that realistic, real life podcast where it just helps you when you're stressed out and just looking for something to help you when you're stressed, this one is for you as well. Hello and welcome to Stress Less with, with Jess. Uh, today I have another Jess on <laughs> and double trouble here. And we're going, what I want to do is talk to entrepreneurs about real life stress and what they deal with. And so we all have our own backstory of where, how we even started to where we're at. And so Jesse Byer has a great story as well. Um, and she's going to talk about it, but just a little background story on her besides a I know her because I actually took her course. Um, so she has an amazing book. And if you have not heard of it, is How to Heal. She has a book that's called How to Heal, a practical guide to nine natural therapies you can use to release your trauma. Now, I personally have not read this yet, but I have read some reviews on it. And it just, it just says who you are. Just knowing you taking your course, it really speaks to so much of who you are and so these people went into so much detail of all the results that they got from your book. And I just think, again, it just sends so much who you are. And I think you're awesome. So before I talk about everything, please introduce yourself and tell us why you're so amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, it's great to be here, not only in general, but with another Jess. That's always super fun. So my story really, or I guess I'll start with where I'm at. I am a speaker and an author in the field of mental health, like Jess just said. And um, I also work with other aspiring authors to help them write and publish their books, which is how Jess and I got connected in the first place. So my background story really started with high school for me, which was a really difficult time in terms of my own mental health. I was struggling with depression, with anxiety, with body dysmorphia, with suicidal ideation, a lot of things going on there. And I also was in a relationship with someone who was really struggling with his mental health. And what I did then is not what I recommend doing to anyone now, but I really took on way too much responsibility for his struggles and his mental health. And I was like, okay, my job is to keep this person happy and keep this person alive, which means that I had no boundaries and I did way too much. I stepped way over the line of what I should be doing as a peer support system and that relationship unfortunately ended with his suicide attempt. Now, I was the one who called the cops that night. I was the one who was kind of first on scene to try to de-escalate that situation. Did not do a very good job of it, but that's kind of the position that I was in. And as you can imagine, that night as well as that relationship were just very, very traumatic for me. And it's something that I continued to work through for years after that relationship ended. When I was working through my healing process, I went to one day of therapy because I was like, I need, I need help. Like I can't do this on my own. So I went to one day of therapy and I was so uncomfortable with it that I literally, I ran out of the building and I didn't go back. So my healing journey was done kind of essentially on my own. I didn't really have that level of professional support. And once I started to kind of make a little bit of traction on my own, started having conversations with people, just, you know, friends, family members and saying, Hey, you know, this is what I went through. This is what I struggled with. And so many of them would have this light bulb go off in their brain of, Oh, 
I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only one struggling with this. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I, I got to do something with this time in my life. I can't just let it be and be this like black mark on my record for the rest of my life. So I started speaking about it you know, slowly from really small groups up to larger and larger settings. That's when my book came about because I wanted to share information about trauma healing and different trauma therapies that I knew about because some of these other methods, as I'm sure we're going to get into, are not only potentially more effective for trauma healing, but also way more approachable for trauma survivors. So I ended up writing that book. I'm happy to say it did really, really well. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at now, but that's that's really where I came from. And I think like a lot of people who work in the mental health space, it starts with your own story and it starts with your own struggles. It sure does. And it starts with your own healing, right? Because like you said, there's a lot of ways to heal. But I think one of the things that you say too is, I think as someone that you know, go, went through trauma, my thought was always, well, someone had it worse than me, right? And so I think that was my biggest thing was like, oh, well, I can't complain because somebody had it worse than me. There's always, and I kept pushing that off, but then you're not dealing with your own thing. But I think the other thing was, listen, talk therapy is great, but sometimes it's not the right time, the right moment, the right person, and that all pushes you away. So then it's like, well, what else do I do? And again, like reading your reviews and just knowing who you are, you highlight so many other ways to really heal yourself because it is a process. It's, there's no quick button as much as we all want that quick button, but at the same time, like uh, you wouldn't be where you are, you know, that growth, that the way you're helping so many other, you know, people out there, it's, it's just a really beautiful story in that sense. And I think, like you said, you know, when you started really talking about it, you really realized that other people, you know, they didn't walk the same walk, but that feeling of alone, that feeling of, pain and not knowing what to do with it, that feeling of, well, I tried X, Y, Z and it didn't work. So I just must be messed up. And that's it. I'm just too messed up. And then it's there. And then it goes right to all that self negative talk. And like you said, it can lead to something so horrific as a suicide. And it's just, it's the, the hardest part is it's so not talked about, but it is so common. And it's just, it is, it's just mind boggling to know how common it is for it not to be talked about. And that's, mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And I was actually speaking to a woman yesterday who's a high school teacher and she's like, half of my students are out in inpatient psychiatric care right now. Like half of them are hospitalized because of mental health concerns right now. And I have no problem with, you know, mental health care in an inpatient setting. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but like, half of her students are in inpatient psychiatric care. Like this is a, this is a crisis that we're dealing with. And I wanted to touch on what you said at the beginning where you were comparing your, your story and your trauma to other people's, because that's so common. I call it the starving children in Africa argument, which is basically that, oh, well, you know, there's starving children in Africa. I have a roof over my head and food in my stomach. So how dare I feel bad about myself and my life? And what happens with that is not only are you harming your own healing journey because you're invalidating everything that you're going through, you're telling yourself you're being ridiculous and overdramatic and why can't you just pull it together, right? That's not helpful to your healing journey, but you're actually also hurting the person that you're comparing yourself to because what you're telling them is, oh my God, you are so broken. There are so many things wrong with you. My life is, is great, but holy Jesus, have you looked at your life recently? Even if you don't say it to them, right? Even if those are not the words coming out of your mouth, when you're comparing your journey and saying, oh, you know, Jess, I know you had it so much worse, so I won't complain about my own life. 
that's what you're telling them. And that's not helping their healing journey either. So it's just, it's this double negative, right? There's no way to have a good reaction or result out of a situation like that. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I loved how you just framed that because it's so true, you know, and you know, I, you know, you probably had it too, where someone's like, oh, I'm sorry. I know you had it worse. I'm like, you, you, one, you still felt pain. And two, like, like you said, there's been times where I left going, well, that was kind of crappy. <laughs> you know, and again, I know that was not their purpose. They weren't trying to make me feel bad about it, but I think we tried to, you know, push our feelings down to make other people feel better. But like you said, you made me feel crappier because <laughs> you said I'm worse off, which means I'm more messed up. And it goes, no, no pain is pain. You know, I get stabbed, you get stabbed. It still hurts. You know, it's pain, you know, mm-hmm. 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 one of my favorite quotes, it goes something like this. Uh, the person who drowned in one foot of water and the person who drowned in 20 feet of water are both dead. And it's a little bit of a morbid quote, but it's this idea that, okay, it doesn't matter whether they're drowning under a tsunami or under a puddle, right? They're drowning. That's the problem. The problem is not the amount of water. It's the fact that they're drowning. So you're absolutely right. I love this. I love this. I knew this was going to be awesome, but I didn't realize how amazing this was going to go. But so I really wanted to focus on business owners. And obviously, you know, I'm a business owner. So I know you have business owners that call you, you know, entrepreneurs, managers, people are in this um, higher level that have their own mental health and their own stress, right? And it takes a toll. And what happens is it takes a toll on their life, their personal life, their friends, their families, their job. Do you see any of this in the line of work that you do when you're out speaking, when you're doing your book course, when you're, you know, when people are reading your book, do you see any of this? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I, I'm blessed in that the people that I'm surrounded with and also the people that I choose to surround myself with are people that generally have a positive outlook on life. You know, they, to put it cheesily, they believe in the power of self-help and mindset. Right. And so that's great. But what that can often lead to is this kind of toxic positivity mindset where it's like, no, no, just smile, just smile. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it through. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. And then again, you're pushing away what you're struggling with. You're putting it in this little time bomb. And at some point that's going to go off. So what we're sold in the entrepreneurship world, when we start to look at it, where we're sitting at our cubicles and our desks for 60 hours a week, and we're like, there has to be something more than this. What we're sold is this idea of freedom and of possibility and of limitless income and impact. And that is not inaccurate, but we are not told up front everything that goes into that the tears, the hours on tech support, the failures, the criticism, the loss of money, the loss of ideas, all of those things are part of entrepreneurship. So at least in my experience and a lot of the experiences that I see in other people around me is they start an entrepreneurship. They're like, yes, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be the thing that I need to get me the life and impact that I want. Oh, Oh, that happens. Oh boy. Okay. And they start to have these things happen to them. And instead of saying, Hmm, I think the system's rigged. What people end up saying is, I think I'm the problem. I think there's something wrong with me that I'm looking at these other people's success stories of, 
you know, a million dollars in 17 and a half days, but I couldn't even make a thousand. So they must be so much better than me and there must be something wrong with me. And of course, when we start to internalize those types of beliefs, our mental health is going to go downhill very fast, especially if we're already dealing with something else like depression, anxiety, trauma, things like that. So yes, I see this all the time in the people that I speak to. It's, it's funny. It's so true. You, you, um, and you hear every book, you've watched every webinar, you've seen every like real, oh, you do this one thing, boom, in 17 days, in a week, in a month, you're going to make six figures. And then you said, you do it to the best of your ability that you know, and you know, cherish whatever. And it doesn't work. And you're going, okay, well, this is awkward. Now, don't I have to tell myself that I failed? I have to go tell my family that I can't pay this month's bills or we can't pay this month's rent or I just put all my money into this thing. This is going to get me the spot so we can pay for this trip or pay for this house and it didn't work. So not even, it's, it's that failure of the money, but then it's like, it's that aloneness because you just did this by yourself. And it's funny, there's so many entrepreneurs out there. There's so many business owners out there. There's, you know, all that out there, but it's, lonely because we have to put on, we tell ourselves, we have to put on this space like, Oh, I'm dancing for my TikTok, you know, and everything's great. And you know, it's okay, guys. I got to sit with my tea this morning on my deck and you know, that's okay. And it goes great. All this stuff is great. Listen, I do my TikToks. I sit with my tea, all that stuff, but there's so much realness behind all of this. And again, it's just not being talked about. And it's so important to realize there's so many other connections. Like I said, I saw your story. I was like, oh my God, I, I have my own trauma. That's where, how my path started. Right. And so, but again, just in the generalness of an entrepreneur, it's just, it can be so lonely and so hard. And I think you were talking about your circle in the sense of how many of us really keep entrepreneurs in our circle or business owners in our circle. A lot of the times it's our aunts, our family, it's our friends. And they're just like, cool. I liked your post, you know, you know, you'll get it, keep going. And it goes, but it's hard for them to support us because they don't know what to do either. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Both my parents, I'm thinking of my parents here, are fantastic individuals, but they're very academic individuals. My mom has a master's from Yale, and she's currently a teacher. My dad is in computer science and has a background in aerospace engineering. So very smart, very intelligent, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. amazing human beings. But then I come in with my social media hashtags and my, you know, email marketing, whatever's, and it's just like, they're like, oh, mm, okay, just go for it. But when you don't have anyone around you that like actually knows what that means, when I can sit there with you and be like freaking convert kit the other day, just <laughs> this entire thing for the record, convert kit did nothing the other day, but the first thing that came to mind, you know, when I can tell you that and you're like, girl, I get it. I had the same thing. You know, this is something that makes a huge difference in your business. It's not just, you know, one oopsie email. It's like, this could have a really big impact for you when you can get that then not only am I validated, but it's also like, okay, now I have another brain that I can work with to kind of try to figure out a problem around this. But what happens is when we have those failures, maybe not tech failures, but the failure that you were talking about of, hey, this thing was supposed to work, I tried it and it didn't, is we feel shame. We feel shamed about that because we believe there's something wrong with us. So if you imagine a room of a hundred or a thousand or 10,000 entrepreneurs, Every single one of them is sitting there in silence in shame because of something that was not their fault. And so instead of standing up and saying, hey, guys, I tried this thing. I tried offering a group coaching program like everyone said I was supposed to. And I'm still broke. I couldn't pay my mortgage <laughs> last month. 
You know, if you can stand there and say that, then the next people around you are going to say, yeah, I, I tried it too. We had to cancel our trip to Disney World. And now you're starting to build these relationships and these connections with the people around you and, and realizing that everyone has a story. And oftentimes our stories look very similar, but the only way that we you know, metaphorically go from standing alone in this dark room to kind of turning lights on here and there is not by advertising it per se, but by just saying, hey, you know, this happened and it's not my fault. It's not necessarily even the person who taught it to me's fault, but it happened and it sucked. And here's where I'm at now. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's so true. It's, it's that shame. And again, like it's not even just the financial shame. There's just so much shame of like the failure of this is you. And it's a little different from a nine to five in the sense, you know, when they give you, they didn't give you all the tools to succeed. It's like, for us, we have to go and get the, the right tools, right? Like you said, there's a convert, conversion kit. There's a funnel for this. There's the perfect webinar for this. There's the amazing book for this. And they're all great. But like you said, that might not be for me, you know? And so, or if I did try it because it is the right one and, I, and it didn't succeed, I don't think that automatically. I'm not going, oh, it just wasn't my, that wasn't the tool for me. I've got to figure out another tool. It's I'm a failure. I'm an idiot. I can't believe I couldn't figure out that tech thing. Like you said, the hashtags, I just didn't put the right amount of hashtag. I mean, there's so many things, right? But um, no, it, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, um, lonely and it, it's hard to find that support, but it's also hard for us to say that this is happening because like you said, I don't want to be the woe me advertiser. But it's just more of that connection of, hey, we're both here, man. Let's both support each other. Let's both pick each other up. And, you know, there's there's already so many negative comments. I mean, you see them, you know, on all the, the horrific, again, horrific things people would say to each other. Don't be part of that, you know? So trying to find that new wave. So I think that's so, so important. But I had another question, you know, I think for um, some of us, or maybe, maybe they are that next step where they're starting to get employees and things like that. What do you feel would be the best way for them to support their employees and a mental health standard, right? Because I think, you know, they're hiring new people, which is awesome. That's great. You're getting the next level of your business, but how can I support my employee when for mental health and not, I'm not saying that they, they have a mental health issue going on, but just a normal day in day out. How can I be the best I can that day? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So a couple of things come to mind. First of all, you need to make mental health care accessible to your employees. I cannot tell you how many times I've spoken to people, not necessarily entrepreneurs, but people who have employment. um, And they're like, yeah, well, mental health isn't covered in my insurance plan. Like I have to pay a hundred, 200, $300 an hour just to see a therapist. I can't afford that. You know, I'm, I'm a customer service rep, so I don't get mental health care. So if you are providing your employees with benefits, you know, if you have full-time employees in the U.S., you have to, um, but you need to make sure that mental health care is accessible, whether that means including it in your insurance plan and choosing an insurance plan that actually covers mental health care or working with third-party apps like Ginger. If you're a Kaiser Permanente um, member, you get free access to Ginger, which is virtual behavioral health coaching and therapy if you need it, free of charge to you. So that's another option that you can use for your employees. Secondly, you need to create a culture where it's okay to talk about mental health concerns and take mental health days. So there's kind of a balance that's struck here because you as the boss and the leader, you do not wanna go to your employees for mental health support and say, Hey, Sarah, um, my kid just died last night. So I'm going to go take a mental health day because my depression's super bad right now. 
don't do that, right? You need to have some sort of professional boundary there. That's more a, a conversation for your personal support systems. But when you're onboarding your new employee, make sure to say, hey, just wanted to highlight this section in our contract about sick leave. You get X amount of mental health days a year that you can take. And then, you know, if you're doing uh, periodical reviews with your team members, you can say, hey, just wanted to highlight a couple benefits, blah, 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 mental health days. If you notice something about them, which is often easier in an in-person setting. If you notice they're having a bad day or a series of bad days, or they've been uncharacteristically late to work for a couple of days, it's okay to pull them aside and say, hey, just wanted to check in. You know, how are things going? How are things with you? You know, not work, not performance, but how are you as a person doing? And really opening those doors for conversation. The third thing I can recommend is that you need to take care of yourself as the leader, not only to set that example for your employees, but so that you can be there for your employees, right? So you need to make sure that if you need it, you're going to therapy, that you're getting enough sleep, that you have boundaries between work and life and other people and the close people in your life. So yes, you're not going to be going to your employees and, and really hashing out all your mental health struggles with them. But when you can say, you know, in casual conversation, yeah, my therapist said the other day that blah, blah, blah. That's a light bulb in their brain of, oh, my boss is awesome and she sees a therapist. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I could see a therapist too. You know, you get those wheels turning in their brain just by little comments like that. Um, so that's really what I would recommend. But you're in now a position when you have team members where you can enact change in their lives and in their mental health. And that is a beautiful blessing. But you also need to understand that it's a responsibility that you have to make sure that they not only have access to the resources they need, but feel comfortable accessing those resources too. I love that. You said so many things. And, you know, like you said, mental health days. And I think we, um, we really overlook them. We're like, oh, well, we get seven sick days or seven PTO days or, you know, however, and goes, well, I want that vacation. So I'm not going to be able to take that mental health day. There's so many reasons why you need a mental health day. We, I don't, we don't have hours on here, but, you know, just even just a sense of some days it does, it could be work-related or not work-related. You just need to step away and recharge. You know, I always compare it to your cell phone and computer. They all need recharging. So do you, you know? And so you even said, you know, sh showing up for yourself. Yes, it sets standards 100%. We obviously covered that. But it also opens up the door. Like you said, it, hey, I go to therapy. Or, hey, you know, I know one of my entrepreneurs, they go for runs all the time. And they said that's it. Hey, before I come here, I'm always going to go for a run. They know that, you know? And so again, just showing them that. So if that person goes, you know, I'm interested in running, does it really help with stress? Why does it help with stress? How do you, you know, how do you balance that between everything you're doing? So I think it shows a lot in the sense of they're showing up for themselves, but they're also showing, creating that balance, like that boundaries you were talking about when at five 30, I'm done. You know, I sign off, you sign off, we both sign off. Right. So just showing them that it ends here, stays here. This is work, this work, this play, this play, you know, and just trying to show them that balance boundaries and balance is real, you know? So I think that's mm -hmm. so important. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to stray too much from you because, you know, again, you're, so, you're so amazing, but I, I love your input on these things. And again, I've been watching you grow and it's just been so amazing, but I really want to get back to you and like, what is your mission? So you have your best-selling book, which again, read the reviews and you'll want to buy it instantly. You know, you have your book course, which again, I just took and or in the process of taking, I'm sorry. And it's, it's beautiful. You, you're a speaker. I obviously see you on every podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you covered them all by now, but um, what is your mission? Like, what is, what is your, you know, what are you trying to get out there? Yeah, absolutely. If I had to sum it up in one word, I'd say storytelling. 
because I think that storytelling is what changes the world. So from an helping other authors perspective, I mean, that's pretty obvious, helping people get their stories out there and having their stories impact other people's stories. But from a mental health perspective, like I was saying, when I started talking about my story and what I had been through and what I was currently still going through, that started building connection. It started helping other people find their healing journeys. It started destigmatizing mental health within my little circle and then my community and then the audience that I was in front of. And that's really what I'm, what I'm about. I mean, there are so many hard things in the world. There are so many things that can go wrong. There's so many things that have gone wrong. And one of them should not be your own internal struggles to get help, right? Like that should just be a no brainer to walk into a doctor and get treatment for your broken leg or for your cancer or for your stomach pain. But we don't do the same for our mental health. And I want that to change because mental health affects everything, including your broken leg and your cancer and your stomach pain. So when we can break down those walls and, and really start that change by having conversations and sharing our stories, that's what I'm about. And that's what I'm really here to do in a professional setting. Oh, I love that. So how do I, so I have a story and I want to tell it now I'm going to go to you and what, so how am I going to, and what's next? (laughs) How how are you going to help me tell my story? Yes. So if you are looking to tell your story in the format of a book, then there are a couple different options. I have a program called the Book Writing Blueprint, which is what Jess is in now. Um, And that really focuses on going from blank page to final draft. So let's get this thing out of your brain and get it onto a piece of paper. And then, of course, we can work through and go to the publishing process and things like that. If you want the whole enchilada in one setting, going all the way from, I think I want to write a book, to post-publication marketing and having it out there and having it grow your business, I would highly recommend the Aspiring Author Incubator. And I actually have a free training with that um, that's going to walk you through some of those steps up front. Whether you decide to join the program or not, you're still going to walk away with really actionable information that you can use in your own writing and publishing journey. If you are strictly interested in mental health stuff and you're like, I don't think writing a book is for me right now, no big deal at all. I would recommend then starting with my book, <laughs> learning more about trauma and trauma healing and the different methods that are out there. Like Jess said, it's called How to Heal and it's available anywhere you want to buy books. I love it. And I'm obviously going to reiterate all this in the podcast notes. I'll have all the links for everybody. So please highly recommend reaching out to her. Again, if you know social media is not your thing and you just want to read a good book, go to her. It's all my list to read. I just want to catch some of the reviews just so people can really hear, you know, what people are saying about you. Cause I can again, sit here and talk about you, but I want other people to hear what other people are saying. Trauma is a different experience for everybody. You know, you're not comparing it to other people. It, when I was reading her book, it was like talking to a friend. Um, they said she breaks it down so easily that a caveman could do it. You know, it was outside of a self-talk therapy, you know, just not going to the therapist just a bunch of resources that were relatable. And, you know, again, that was super nutshell picking from different people's like reviews. And I, again, it just really sums up who you are in the sense of relatableness, in the sense of I'm here to help. And if I can't help, I'm going to find a way to help you. And so I just, I, again, tooting your own horn over here for you, but it's just, you deserve it. And I want people to hear it from, like I said, that was how many people, that was a review from each person. That was a different review from everybody. That wasn't one review. That was, you know, so just people can hear you. But um, I cannot thank you enough for being on here. You're so amazing. I love, love watching you grow. If you have not heard her from another podcast, I'm telling you, she's on a lot. So please go listen to her. She's so amazing. And I just really appreciate everything you're doing. 
Oh, thank you so much. It was a great conversation and I'm excited to help you get your book out there too. That's going to be super exciting. It's going to be great. You'll hear guys down next time. Hello, and thank you for listening to Stress Less with me, Jess. Please subscribe so you can get upcoming episodes every other Tuesday or leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts and feelings about today's episode or any other episode you have listened to. If you need more resources or wondering how I can help you with my individual coaching or my workshops, please visit me at journeytoyourself.net. Have a fabulous day. Thank you.